Joey, I think you and I were like, no Grogu. Mando's got to grow without Grogu. And now he's back. And he comes back already in the intermission. Before the season even happened. Nuts. Absolutely nuts. <laughs> I was just going to make a bad joke and say they're going to grow goo together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yesterday, we got in the car, my first time ever leaving the house, and I was like, chick, 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 feel good. And I had the gorillas stuck in my head. And then we listened to the gorillas like the whole way too. Did we all listen to the gorillas? I don't know. I mean, that for me, that was in high school. What'd you all listen to in high school? Let's do that instead. I, I remember that song, but I never liked the gorillas. But that is a pretty cool like baseline beat. Like it's iconic, but... No. <laughs> I think my first year of high school was when the first big Fall Out Boy album came out, Take This to Your Grave. Mm. And it was like the the first time I heard like <laughs> pop punk and screaming mixed together and like really like angry music that was also like really catchy. And that was my jam. I was like the ultimate emo kid. That was like 2003, <laughs> the first year of high school. But that CD was my favorite CD in the whole wide world at the time. And it got stolen from me. I left my like gym locker open like one gym class. Someone stole my CD player and the CD in it, which was Fallout Boy, Take This to Your Grave. It was like kind of heartbreaking at the time because I was like, whoever mm. stole this doesn't like Fallout Boy. They probably listened to the gorillas. <laughs> oh, thank you. Shade. Thank you. Shade. <laughs> I'll be here all night. <laughs> I also had a CD player stolen from a locker in high school. It probably had the gorillas in it, and whoever stole it probably listened to Fallout Boy. <laughs> so, on guard. Robin, what'd you listen to? What are what do you got? I mean, I would also say Fallout Boy. I don't think I started listening to them until like uh, from under the cork tree came out, so like two thousand five ish. And then I listened to a lot of My Chemical Romance, and then I'm also gonna throw in Alkaline Trio as an honorable mention. A lot of Alkaline Trio. I graduated in 2005. Beep, 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 boop, boop, boop. What do you got, Lorelai? <laughs> um, I didn't listen to the gorillas. Yeah. Probably besides that one song. But I started <laughs> high school in 2005. So uh huh. I listened to whatever, like, pop was on the radio. Country. And con yeah. a lot of country. Yeah. Let's uh, just get that out of the way. Let's just get this out of the way. I listened to a lot of country music in high school. Yeah. You don't like it, so. I think it's fine. I've Royce has taught me to appreciate all music, honestly. Mm -hmm. That is something that Royce has done for my life. But also in high school, I listened to Cake a lot, and then the Gorillas came out, and Clint Eastwood was like, I don't know. Is it too crazy to say that that was like a life-changing song? That sound. But no one else liked this the stuff that I liked. And they made that clear. And then one time I was like, Cisco came out with the thong song. And I was like, I think this song is dumb. And then someone made fun of me for saying that. And then I went out and bought the CD. I tried so hard to fit in. I hate that place. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everyone to Krypton to Alderaan. The podcast that for the past two weeks has said Boba Fett. Boba Fett. <laughs> Where? <laughs> I'm Joey, and with me is Royce. Hello, podcast. Robin. Hello. And Dr. Lorelai. Hello. And we're the podcast that talks about all kinds of nerdy pop culture stuff, but it's mostly Star Wars, and it's mostly not the character of Boba Fett. <laughs> ah, two jokes. Two I really jokes. like the show. Anyway, how's everyone doing? Oh, we should talk about the Hello There song. Long have we waited. Yes. Everyone go listen to, go to Royish Good Looks on YouTube and listen to slash watch the video for the Hello There song. Thanks for the plug, Joe. I yeah. think it's doing good. If I can be a selfish 21st century content creator, it's not doing as good as it should be doing. But also, <laughs> it, I don't think it's the right time for the song. I should have like waited until Obi-Wan got released. I think when Obi-Wan comes out, it'll get a nice little spike. But it's doing nice. pretty good. I think it's at 70,000 views right now, which is pretty cool. 
now I don't know what people are going to bug me about. I've got a lot of requests for a Boba Fett song, for like a like a Bantha song, and people are going to have to find something else to troll me with. I don't think those are going to sustain the test of time. It's like every day someone was like, write a hello there song. So it'll be something else. I think you and I talked about this where it's similar to when Sony released the first trailer for No Way Home. They tweeted it and they were like, y'all better watch this as many times as you asked for it. Yeah. And it yeah. seems like very similar vibes with the Hello There I song. I really wanted to say something like that, but that's, I don't think that's good media relations, but <laughs> Sony can get away with it. I did kind of make the song with the hope that lots of people would watch it and lots of people have watched it. So I think that's fair. You watch any good TV? No. Consume any good podcasts? No. <laughs> I'm actually reading a book right now and I finished a book. I'm on my second wow. book of 2022. Check me out. Royce wow. from the past that somehow got a time machine from Royce from the future and came back to this moment <laughs> to listen to this podcast. Thanks for listening, Royce. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the books? Uh, I finished The Storyteller by Dave Grohl, his like autobiography. Now I'm reading My Life at Apple by John Couch, who was like the 54th hire at Apple. And he was like mm. responsible for running the Lisa computer team. And nice. it's like his stories at Apple and working with Steve Jobs and stuff. So nice. Yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I like books when they're about interesting things that actually happened, not fiction. Mm. I hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Robin, what do you got? Any good, uh, what's that show called that they were watching? We were doing a bit about it for a while. <laughs> 2020. 2020. Oh, we, we watched, what about the Olympics openings we watched the other day? Oh, yeah, we were watching the uh, opening ceremony. And then last night we were watching women's. I can't think of what it's called. Women's snowboard. It's not park. I forget mm. what they technically Slope call it. Slope style. Slope style. Yes. We were watching that last night. I was pretty mm. disappointed that Jamie Anderson didn't get gold. She fell every single time she went. After I, I think you fell asleep. She fell and like ate it big time. Like every single time. Mm. On Yikes. all three runs. Sucks. And she still didn't get gold. Yep. <laughs> Unbelievable. They're also doing a lot of like, what about the announcers? Can you explain the announcers we were making fun of Robin? Well, I mean, for the actual events, it's not that bad. But for the opening ceremony, I think it was, it's on NBC. So I think it was Savannah Guthrie, I'm assuming she does like the Today Show or something. And the commentary, like during the Parade of Nations, she was saying like, you know, the, the country would walk out and they would say like, you know, who the person carrying the flag was and they would start talking about the country. And then they would be like, and this country has won no medals since 1948. No medals <laughs> at all whatsoever. <laughs> And that was, like, the fun fact for everything. Or, like, you know, they haven't won gold since 1980-whatever. And it was just... She might as well have been like, look at this fucking loser country. They haven't won any medals. They suck. Go USA. Suck. Here's the next country. They also suck. It was surprising how uninspirational it was. It should have been like, wow, look at all these people that came out to compete and they're hoping to get a gold. It was just like, yeah. no, they don't have any golds. This country keeps competing and they just suck. I mean, why even try at this point? <laughs> They're like I small rice? tropical islands, and yeah. it's like, and shockingly, they haven't won any medals. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They they the did Jamaican some, bobsled team. I mean, they yeah. did mention that, and then they made a comment about how, like, if you've never seen Cool Runnings, go watch Cool Runnings. It was oh. like an SNL sketch. It yeah, was very. It weird. Sounds like it. <laughs> waka waka, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Lorelai, you got what do you want to talk about? We binged the new Kristen Bell show on Netflix. The name it's like a true of which crime is, satire. Yeah, it's sort of like murder story satire thing, and it's pretty funny. But it's called The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window or something really <laughs> long and dumb. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny and just like the whole parody. It go comes and goes in waves where you kind of like forget that it's a parody and then something just really stupid happens <laughs> or like a detail comes out and it's like, oh, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah, it's so it's pretty funny. I do recommend. Yeah, lots of weird stuff. It's like it's a dark comedy satire, but lots of weird stuff happens even in the funny satirical parts. It's like ominous, you know, like mm -hmm. there's always sort of a shadow over everything. So you're never quite able to just like relax in the comfort of the comedy, or at least I wasn't yeah, I able to. It was always it always felt like this is funny, 
but the comedy is distracting from the tenseness of like the general atmosphere in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's all good. It was good. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. And we also started watching Getting Curious with JVN. Yeah, Jonathan Van Ness. So good. Yes. I think good. we've watched all of that. We've watched all the episodes oh, that are we've out. We've started and finished. Yeah. So, but I don't know if it comes, it's like coming out. I don't know. But I learned a lot about a lot of different things. Figure skating. Yeah. Just in time for the Olympics. Very good. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend. Uh, did we watch? We've been watching anything else. Where have? What have we been doing with our time? I don't know. I guess that's pretty much what I'm into too. I'll also say that I am going to be. Whoo! I'm a little nervous. I'm going to be part of a roundtable live stream Sunday, February thirteenth at four p.m. Uh, the topic of the discussion is LGBTQ roles in television and movies played by you know, non-LGBTQ actors. So we're going to be talking about that. It's going to be a nice roundtable discussion. If you're interested, it'll be live streamed. Go to Galaxy Queers podcast on YouTube or follow Galaxy of Queers on Twitter. And yeah, we'll be live streaming February 13th at 4 p.m. Is it going to be recorded too? I think it's going to be recorded too. Yeah. Uh, I've never been on a live stream before. So... I'm nervous. I've also like never been part of a roundtable discussion before, so I'm also nervous. But like, at least if they were, was recorded, they could take out me saying, um, like Royce is going to do all throughout this episode. <laughs> but yeah, so those are all the things we're into besides Book of Boba Fett. Am I right? So yeah. let's so go around. Into let's it. go around the room. Let's Star Wars. Speak yeah, speaking of roundtable, Star Wars roundtable. Pew pew pew. Boo 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 boo. Make some echoey noise, Royce. Okay, I'll just hit the echo button. <laughs> okay, so am I right? Royce, am I right? Yeah, we're into Boba Fett, sure. Yeah. Robin, am I right? Technically, I, I think I'm just into the Mandalorian. <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai, am I right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So let's talk about chapter six. Listen, I've got a lot to say. I'm really enjoying this show, but in chapter six, at least half of the episode, I have a lot of stuff to maybe criticize critically a little bit more. So I want to get into that. What do we think? Should we start with positives first or end on positives? Let's start with the positives. Let's start with the positives. All right. I'm not going to start. Who wants to start with positives? <laughs> Robin, you said you're into The Mandalorian. I assume that means you've enjoyed these chapter five and six, like Mandalorian focused stories. Is that fair to say? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really feel like a Boba Fett show. It feels like episodes one and two of the next season of The Mandalorian. But yeah. So that's a good point. Royce and I have gone you know, back and forth with this a little bit. And even on our last episode that Royce, you and I recorded just one-on-one, and I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter. Obviously, there's discourse about this. And I'm 100% on the team of it's okay to tell a few stories away from the main character of a thing. But this is starting, this did start to feel like those stories or those scenes were already created or the idea for them existed and they just didn't know maybe where to put them. So they put them in the Book of Boba Fett, which I think would be fine, like have a little digression, but the show is only seven episodes long. So there's one episode left. Two out of seven episodes have been taken away from the titular character who just happens to be a main character of color in Star Wars. Like uh, Tamara Morrison and Migna Wen playing Boba Fett and Fennec Shand. We're finally getting people of color in these lead roles, and then we they get a seven-episode season of a TV show, and two of the episodes are taken away from them. And that, like, irks me a little bit. I don't think it's great, and I think if you would have just made it eight, ten episodes, it would be much better. It would It would feel much better than this is feeling. It feels like they felt they needed to tell these stories before Mando season three so that in Mando season three, we can just dive into everything they're setting up. So I think it's a little bit of a mistake that they went with seven episodes. Seven's also a weird number. How does that even like, how does that decision get made? It's so weird. Anyway, that's what I have to say about that. So Robin, what 
Did you like the episode where he's like building the rebuilding the Naboo starfighter with Pelly? Yeah, we didn't get Robin and Lorelai's feedback on the fifth episode yeah. either. Uh, so let's do that real quick. I mean, I thought the Mandalorian was pretty funny. I don't like that character though, the mechanic character, mm. because I just see her mm. in like every other role she's ever played. So it's difficult for me to watch her. And I also feel like She's usually a pretty good actress, but I don't feel like she did a great job in that role. She just kind of like screams everything instead of like actually <laughs> trying to. She make was hamming it, it up com- a little extra. Yeah. Instead of being like committing to the character and being like, I'm going to be this character, she just screams everything. And I don't, I mean, you can be loud if your character's loud, <laughs> but also maybe do a little bit of acting and not just yell the whole time. What? In- yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> interesting. I thought she was great when they were rebuilding the starship with all her little quirkiness and and quirky dialogue and stuff. I don't remember what your exact reaction was, but I mentioned on our last episode that you didn't want to watch that particular chapter. You were like, I don't want to watch Boba Fett today. And I was like, come on. And then it was about the Mandalorian and you were like, all in. Yeah, because I don't like the book of Boba Fett, but I love the Mandalorian. And there were so many like little like nuggets where he's like, what'd you do with the little uh, droid compartment? Where you're like, so that's for Baby Yoda, yeah? You're going to go get him? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it was totally a flipping of the switch. You're like, you are no longer watching the same show, even though this is that show. It it felt a little bit like they were like, so this book of Boba Fett, it's it's not really good, right? Nobody likes it. We want to do Mandalorian again. It's definitely strange. I'm not complaining just because I love the Mandalorian and now we get some Baby Yoda again. So I'm pretty content. Yeah, I really liked the idea of like taking us away from the stuff going on with Boba Fett to bring this other character in. But like I said, with the amount of episodes and now they've done two, it feels it feels weirder to me. What did you think of that episode, Lorelai? Yeah, I liked it. I mean, I was also happy that it was just like another episode of The Mandalorian that we got early. (laughs) Yeah. But in some ways, I kind of because like Boba Fett had originally come back in The Mandalorian, to me, they really, it feels like it's all one show. Like, it's all one timeline. It's all one sort of frame of reference, you know? They're all kind of, like, existing in the same story. They've just, like, decided to make them two different shows instead of making it one show. Like, it's totally normal in, like, one show that you might just, like, follow one character for a few episodes. That happens all the time. But... For some reason, they've decided to make two shows out of it, or I don't really get it, but whatever. I was happy to see Mando and, like, the first scene when he, like, pulls out the Darksaber, and we're just like, yes. It is kind of troubling because it's, like, we were all so excited to see The Mandalorian just because we, like, haven't really liked the show, or at least me and Robin haven't really liked the show up until this point anyway. So it's, like, they could have just made the Boba Fett part better, Like, that's an option. Like, just make that better. And then we wouldn't be so, like, excited to see the part that we do like. So, I don't know. (laughs) I'm imagining writers in a room and, like, you're writing this season. And then someone's like, let's do an episode about Mando. And they get super excited about that. Yeah. And then it's like, but what about the Boba Fett character that we could be developing? Like, it just kind of departs from it. get that excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's, yeah. the, that's the weird dichotomy of this is no one hates on the Mandalorian episode. It's just a weird decision and people like scratch their heads on that. Like it's not bad, yeah. but then there's Boba Fett and people are like, we didn't even get to know him or the bad guys that much. And now we're at the finale. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy much. to think we're at the finale and we've spent two rushed, episodes yeah. away from Boba Fett and the conflict on uh, Tatooine. They should have put the Mando episode earlier, put some more Boba in between, and then you Mando goes to find Grogu and Luke later. Like Putting them right up next yeah. to each other is even kind of weird, too. It was two weeks in a row. Yeah, I just think like it wouldn't... It just feels to me like it wouldn't be so weird if it wasn't only seven episodes. Yeah. If we weren't already at the finale after spending two weeks away from Boba Fett. It feels like it will be a thing that you can watch binge and it might feel better. Like the flow of it might all feel better if you binge it. Like if it were a movie, maybe it would feel better. They like act two and a half. You take some time away and then you come back. But it's it just feels yeah, it just feels too short, I think. Yeah. And it feels like if you were to go, you know, in three years, once 
these shows are over, probably. Like, if you were to go back and rewatch it all, it'd be like, okay, well, you have to watch Mando seasons one and two, and then you have to watch Book of Boba Fett, and oh. then you have to go back to it, right? Like, it's a machete order. <laughs> you gotta watch. You gotta watch Mando seasons one and two, and then Boba Fett episodes one and two, and then Boba Fett episodes five and six, yeah. and then. <laughs> well, that's kind of what they've created, though, right? Well, like, you know, if you skip. I, I mean, who knows what Mando season three is going to start on. But if you just want like if you skip the part where he tries to go to get baby Yoda, you're going to be like, what the fuck? This guy's an asshole. But uh, you wouldn't know that. Oh, it's just in a different show. It's just weird. So like, yes, this know. is yeah. a perfect time to call out something stupid that Joey said. Oh, Not stupid. What did I say? Joey said, I think this was on our last episode. I don't, yeah. You, the episode you and I did. Where you're like, the only thing you're going to miss is that he built a starfighter off screen. Yeah, that's the thing. And Damn now it. it's like, what's a critical part of the story is now in the other show. Right. It's not like, like they could have just done the thing where Fennec Shand is like, I have an idea of to where to get some muscle or whatever thing, like that line was. And then it was the Mandalorian theme. He could have just like had a fun cameo. Like that's what they did with Boba Fett in the Mando show. So like he could have just popped in, fought some people. And then popped right back out, and it would have been great. And right. then they could have put the Baby Yoda stuff in Mando season three. If, if Mandalorian season three starts with a previously on the Book of Boba Fett, Book of Boba Fett, like then, like that's an issue. I think if if yeah. Grogu comes back to hang out with Mando, and at the beginning of season three, Grogu's there, when whoever watched Mando season two is like, wait, they departed. That was like the whole point is that he's never going to see him again, and he's immediately <laughs> back in the first episode. It's just me guessing. I got a heavy dose of nerd rage going on because I'm just realizing this now. That's <laughs> that's the opposite of everything we talked about when Mandalorian season two ended. And we did, yeah. didn't we do a whole speculation episode yeah. about season three where we're like, yeah. Joey, I think you and I were like, no Grogu. Mando's got to grow without Grogu. And now he's fucking back and he comes back Already. in the intermission. Before the season even happened. <laughs> nuts. Absolutely yeah. nuts. I was just going to make a bad joke and say they're going to grow goo together. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, I'm to... to so, uh, co <laughs> <laughs> couple counterpoints. One, when shit like that that I say gets proven false, go back and delete it from the recording <laughs> from, the, from the Jedi archives? <laughs> Record it, delete then, it from the tape. Yeah, so go back to our. Yeah, it'll be like we talked about this. Team. They'll have to go to Dex's diner to know that I ever said any of that stuff. Man, that's a good one. And second, I really think Mando does need Grogu. It's why I loved Chapter Six so much. You know, Brian from Pink Milk got a little bit mad at me and us on our um, point of view that maybe Mando needs to spend some time away from his adopted son, which is definitely an understandable point. And I think that chapter six really solidified that for me. I've been thinking about it a lot since we recorded that episode. And I think it just was solidified in this chapter. Like the, the storytelling of found family in Star Wars and the benefit of that needs to be told. And so he should, Grogu and Mando should be together. The message that that sends to the people consuming the content needs to be received. So Mando and Grogu should get back together and a whole line of thoughts like that. And then watching chapter six, you got to get Grogu away from Luke Skywalker. And so Grogu needs to be with Mando. Yeah. Cause Luke sucks. We're going to get into constructively criticizing Luke's method of teaching. <laughs> But torturing frogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just, I have so much problems. That's probably what it, the rest of this episode is going to, the rest of this podcast episode is going to become is the discussion of Luke on that planet with Grogu and trying to teach Grogu, his first student, how to become a Jedi and the ways of the Force. But before we get into that, so. Chapter five, we take some time away from Boba Fett. We see Mando built. First of all, I love Nubian starships. I think that's friggin' awesome. You know what? Triad, go listen to Triad of the Force. They had a really great episode about chapter five, and they brought up a point that I didn't think of, which is like, loved seeing Carson Tiva again as the X-Wing pilot. But what a horrible, maybe not horrible, what a weird, bad take that is with like the space cops 
patrolling for outdated registrations, the space cops patrolling for outdated registrations when, like, the Hut twins are coming and going from Tatooine, criminal master lords of the galaxy. The Pikes are running Star Wars meth, but, like, the space police are pulling this guy over, Pedro Pascal, over to cite him for, like, not having his registration up to date. That's, like, just some classic Star Wars problematic bullshit. So go listen to Triad of the Force. They discuss it much more eloquently than I do. But let's get into chapter six. We're getting back with Grogu and Mando. So I know my question is, what did we think of this episode? And I know Robin loved this episode because of who's in it. But, you know, in the terms of it being a book of Boba Fett and it, Boba Fett's in it for five seconds. <laughs> and then we don't get Boba Fett anymore, unfortunately. Royce, what did you think? Totally surprised that we saw as many people as we did in the episode. Luke, Ahsoka, R2-D2, and then Cad Bane at the end, even Cobb Vanth. They threw like everything but the kitchen sink at that episode. Like I said, the writers in the room just jerking each other off with how many well, characters <laughs> we can put in this episode. They went, well, this they is, went over and did I mention Grogu? Like on top of that, also <laughs> Grogu in The Mandalorian. They had way too much freedom of like, how can we just put a big smile on everyone's face? Maybe that sounds sacrilegious. It was just a lot of, let's just have a good romp in time in Star Wars. Not focusing on the Boba Fett coming to a season finale very soon. So I was just surprised that that was the approach they took. But yeah, it was great. Like everyone says the Luke CGI looks better. Some of the like lip, lip sync is kind of weird, but like his face looks a lot better. And <laughs> it's like bold as hell that he's now like a main character in the episode, not just like a little cameo at the end of, yeah. you know, season two of Mando. Like he was the focal point in the episode. It's crazy. And now that that's the thing they're going to do from now on. And they've only done this with Luke and Tarkin and Leia so far. They're going to eventually do that with everybody. You know, we're going to be watching an episode of TV. It's not even the actors at all, you know, or the yeah. original actors, at least. So that's crazy. Luke's just number one. They'll do everybody eventually. I'm sure of it. And I don't know. It's cool to see him building that school and heartbreaking when he makes Grogu make the choice. And when Mando leaves and Grogu reaches out. It had all the awesome Mando feels. And I don't even remember the Boba Fett part of the story. I do remember the Cobb Vanth and Cad Bane thing. That was cool. But it felt really weird to go from like the Jedi training school to Tatooine and then back because that shit doesn't relate. That was weird to me when they panned well, over to Cobb Vanth and you're like, why do I care about this? I want, want to go <laughs> back to Grogu. We're so distracted by the Mando Grogu thing, which is super <laughs> compelling. And no one's compelled by the Boba Fett story which is my major quarrel with the entire season. But I was surprised to sum it all up. What did you think, Robin? I mean, overall, I loved the episode. I definitely have some things I was more excited about and some things I would love to nitpick. But overall, I thought the episode was awesome. What was your impression of Cad Bane? Uh, more horrible evil characters, please. Yes! Yes! <laughs> oh, Robin, we are... I am so excited to be on that page with you, Robin. I cannot tell you. We're going to get into that. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs> Lorelai, what'd you think? Yeah, I really liked it. I think it was fun that they just like brought in every character. I have no idea who that creepy guy is. Do I? Do I know him from something else? Unless you watched yeah. the animated no. series. Then no. Unless you I, watch so, The Clone Wars. That's what they call me. Joey, watch The Clone Wars. <laughs> <laughs> You're a Star Wars lover. <laughs> so are you on Team Cad Bane as well then? Yeah, I mean, why not? Seems oh, like fun. So it seems like cool. yeah, it seems like that's kind of one thing that maybe the Mandalorian and I guess the Boba Fett show has bad guys, but this is like a singular seems like a singular evil scary person you know, that Star Wars usually has, but ha hasn't really had in these shows, right? I have he, no idea who he no, is. No, you're right. He is a presence. Yeah. He is a... Cad Bane shows up, period. He is a presence. He is a force 
we're going to find out next episode that he's the one who killed all the Tuscans. Dude. And Boba's going to be pissed. They should have introduced him in like the first episode and had him be yeah. like a sort of recurring bad guy. Like, because I, I, we all cared about that scene, it seems, that that scene had presence, like Joey said. I 100% love that they introduced him this way, just the way that they did it. I mean, if you would have introduced him earlier, you would have had to do the whole thing. Like him coming from the desert, the stranger that comes from the desert, whatever the fuck the episode's called. Anyway, uh, Lorelai, go ahead. Yeah, so just in terms of the arc of the episode, like I think that interaction, tattooing, that could have been its own episode. Like yes. they could have really gotten into it and like the whole thing fit, like now feels very rushed. So, like, it's okay to, like, let things... And I guess maybe they were limited to seven episodes for whatever reason, yeah. whatever. But this is streaming TV, which means there's no rules. Just, like, do whatever the fuck you want. But apparently not. Yeah, I think that could have had its own episode. And, like, the Mando going to see Baby Grogu could have been its own episode. Like, there's these all these, like, different parts that could have just been, like, a little bit more split up and, like, allowed to have their own time. But... We were supposed to get a crime show and Cad yeah. Bane is a bounty hunter yeah. crime guy. You know, they introduced him, so maybe he's in the next episode or next season or whatever. But, like, yeah. I think he could have been a great recurring character, like, on more episodes or just one episode where he and Cobb Vanth, like, mm -hmm. you know, met and then stood off and had a whole thing for an episode. You know what? I think, like, we were talking about last time and, like, I think was said on the Pink Milk live stream a couple of weeks ago, if they had made episode four the first episode, then they, then this like Cad Bane would have shown up much earlier and he could have been that ominous presence. Again, it does feel very rushed and it doesn't feel like we're getting enough time to spend with the characters that this is something I'm going to get it. I'm going to bring up when we get into talking about Luke training Grogu on that planet. There's, it just feels not as substantive as it could the Skywalker saga to me feels very substantive overall for the most part. Like you're eating a well-balanced meal, right? It's got everything you need. It's satisfying, you know, oh, again, overall satisfying. And uh, maybe we're not getting it that much from this show. You know, I love Krypton to Alderaan. I love podcasting with y'all. There's four of us. We all have opinions and it's a lot to go through. So we're not going to be able to touch on every single thing. So I want to steer the conversation toward away from Boba Fett. Sorry, I know I just criticized the show for doing that. But toward what we focused on in Chapter 6 with Luke and Grogu on that planet. And all of the criticisms I have for the decisions that, for the storytelling decisions that were made, you know, based on what we know about those characters. And what Luke is trying to do in this stage of Star Wars. Din shows up on whatever planet that is where Luke is building his Jedi school. We see little R2-D2's antenna, and that was maybe like the first time I sat up in on the couch and being like, oh, I just like, as soon as that little R2-D2 antenna stuck up, I got the Star Wars feels. You know what I mean? We all know the Star Wars feels, right? Lorelai, do you know the Star Wars feels? Sure. <laughs> Is it the feeling you get when you see Baby Yoda for the first time after a long sure. time? Sure. <laughs> you know what? The Star Wars feels or whatever, whoever feels for Star Wars. Don't let anyone gaslight you. Don't let anyone gatekeep your feelings. Speaking of gaslighting, Ahsoka Tano is my favorite character of Star Wars. Seeing Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano takes away from the character for me because of everything that's happening. You know, she's, she's in that transphobic lawsuit. And so that's a whole other issue. But the character of Ahsoka Tano has done so much good and left the Jedi Order and experienced the galaxy. And I, I know I'm coming at this from the perspective of someone who's like, knows everything there is to know about Ahsoka Tano, but that makes this feel wrong to me. Her entire interaction with both Din and Luke on this planet feels wrong gaslighting Din as soon as he shows up when he's like, I want to give this present to my son. And she's like, go ahead. If that's really what you want, are you sure you really want that? Like all that was very icky feeling and she should know better. And then that she's not helping Luke 
be a better teacher. Like, again, she left the Jedi. She went out and experienced the galaxy and experienced other people in the galaxy and experienced what the Jedi meant to other people in the galaxy. And I really feel very strongly that she should be helping Luke change the Jedi order. And from what we saw of Luke and Ahsoka and Luke's interaction, that is not happening. What did we all think of Luke's interaction with Grogu? Not just the choice that he's making him make at the end, but the but the whole thing overall from every moment we saw with them together and, and Luke trying to train him. Let's start with you, Lorelai. Let's switch things up and start yeah. with Lorelai. I didn't like it. I mean, I thought <laughs> the whole thing just seemed super toxic and like, even when he when they're like walking down the path and Grogu's like too slow and he's like I, boinging him, you know, it's just like just let the kid walk. Like first thing I texted so, Royce about yeah. at when we got done watching the episode, I texted Royce immediately and was like, "Just wait for the kid, you jerk!" Like that yeah. is such bullshit. Yeah, I think we know that Luke from the movies. Luke really fucks up in a lot of ways. He's going to fail. I mean, he's this is, going to yeah. fail. He and you. Maybe we now see a little bit more why he's like how he's setting himself up to fail. By I guess I don't have any. I don't have a good sense for what the Jedi Order was like before Luke. But it, you know, Yoda training Luke did not feel this toxic. And there's something about Luke training Grogu that feels very toxic and icky. And it's like. I don't know if it's as much of a critique of Luke's character, the character, or if it's just like trying to critique the institution and sort of mirroring the way that in the previous episode, Din is like, he basically is now like not, he's not a Mandalorian yeah. anymore because he broke this one rule, right? Yes. Also, again, like a critique of the institution and not him as a character. Correct. So I think, I don't know, it was so gross. Like I didn't, it was just like. More like gross goo. Yeah. Yeah. I felt so bad for him, and overall, I didn't like it. But I think we weren't supposed to like it, is the thing. I don't think it's that the writers were like, oh, let's make this fun training scene and have Luke be an absolute asshole in it because we're, like, we don't understand that this is bad. I think they did that on purpose. I hope so. I hope they did, or else they, like, seriously misjudged the what they did. They have to... Dave Filoni directed this episode. He went out of his way to make Ahsoka the character that she was up until this point. And he's, he seemed to have a very good understanding of how toxic Luke's teachings right now are that is are the toxic institutional teachings of the Jedi of the prequel era. And that's what I think Ahsoka should be helping him overcome instead of just being like, I don't know, enabling it and then peacing out. What did you two think of the of those Luke training scenes? Did you get any of these vibes? I love Luke as a character. I especially yes. in the original trilogy, I think he's fucking awesome. He's really cool and he's like the ultimate good guy. And then Agreed. watching this episode, I'm like, why did you turn him into a giant piece of shit? Yes. <laughs> I was really like there were some parts that were cute like uh <gasps> You know, when he's like, Grogu, like, don't eat the frog. And then he's got him yeah. in the yeah. backpack. And you're like, oh, that's cute. But then he's picking him up and he's got him getting blasted with lasers, jumping through a pond. Yeah. And like, yep. what are you doing? Live rounds. <laughs> yeah. And then he, how about when he, without the audience understanding if there is any form of consent, he makes Grogu relive his trauma. That was really yeah. fucked up. I definitely, I was really, watching really it. Really, fucked up, right? I think I literally He's looked... like, oh, you don't remember? Yeah. I'll make you remember. Yeah. I don't think there's any, like, consent happening. I think... <laughs> he asks him. Go ahead, Robin. I think after that, I literally looked at Royce and was like, why would he fucking do that? Just out of nowhere. Like, remember that really horrible, like, the worst moment of your entire life? No. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, we're laughing, but it's really a terrible thing and it's a terrible message to send. Again, I'm like, I believe that pop culture has a responsibility to the people watching to portray the correct messages so that we can, like, exist better as a society. And that's a horrible message to send. Royce? I call them Grogu's Mind Blowers. <laughs> Grogu's Mind Blowers. Chetrio, we love you. Anyway, go ahead. Your mind's been blown countless times. <laughs> So it was definitely pretty cultish that he's yes. like, you You got to do this or you, you can't be in. 
But it's really interesting how it sort of parallels Mando and his cult that they're like, you got to keep your helmet on or you can't be one of us. And Din kind of, you know, makes a choice to like he wants to redeem himself now or whatever. But the first thing he does is go to Grogu, the guy that like he took his helmet off for in the second season. And I think that's why they set it up this way. Like one, Luke is young and he's never had a student before. So he's not a great teacher yet. And he also is on top of the world because he just saved the galaxy. So he's got like the whole Jedi hubris thing going on where he just he's full of himself. Yeah, he, he yeah. you know, he's got to learn that. And he does eventually. And we see him in Last Jedi, totally different Luke. Like you said, Robin, you're like, that's not the Luke. But he gets there. And this is the first stepping stone in that process that we're finally seeing. Maybe this will make us appreciate Last Jedi more, that we can see why Luke thought he was also awesome and then ultimately failed. But it's awesome that it's setting up that why Grogu would want to go back to Mando, because Mando actually cares about Grogu. Everything that Grogu wants, Mando eventually gives into, like taking the little ball off the steering wheel. Mando's like, Okay, here you go, buddy. That's like the end of that episode or the next episode. Yeah. He gives in to Grogu like you would give in to your son or daughter that had puppy dog eyes when they <laughs> wanted the whatever device, you know, or candy bar yeah. or whatever. He loves Grogu, period. He fucking yeah. saved Grogu. Luke, on the other hand, is like, no, you have the force. You're a Jedi. You're going to be a Jedi. You're going to fucking do all this shit because you have to. And it's kind of heartbreaking in that sense. So it's uncomfortable to watch, but it's kind of, it makes sense when you consider the whole story. It does. It makes sense when you consider the Jedi and the Jedi te teachings that we understand. And again, the hubris and all the stuff that Luke says in The Last Jedi that I think makes those scenes in The Last Jedi really great. What I disagree with is the introduction of a character like Ahsoka who should from my perspective and knowing all there is to know that I know about Ahsoka, having her there at that point in time in Luke's life and not teaching him how to be a better teacher of the ways of the Jedi does not make sense to me. You're saying the hubris of the Jedi, Ahsoka lived through that. Luke didn't. So having her there, physically there, physically like helping Luke establish this location for a school and not having her guide him and him guide Grogu in the more healthy teachings that come with being a Jedi does not make sense to me. Like, it's all the same mistakes over and over again. And I just like, that's fine if Luke's going to be teaching that way because that's all he knows. Obi-Wan taught him whatever he taught him or just faded away. Yoda taught him, but all of that is the institutional Jedi that we know are toxic. Ahsoka should be there to teach him the other ways. And that's what I mean. It's not substantive. It doesn't feel to me like a full bite of this content. It feels watered down. I love Dave Filoni and the characters he's created. It feels like these characters are just put together to to forward the story that's going to culminate in this big like crossover thing, you could be evolving the teachings of the Jedi and evolving the storytelling of Star Wars, and you're not doing that. And I just don't understand why. Either way, Luke is set up to fail. So just like, don't make him an asshole. He's still going to fail. Do it right. Have Ahsoka teach Luke to, and Luke teach Grogu. Uh, Ahsoka like already abstained. Ah Ahsoka was already like, I'm not going to teach him because I've seen this shit before. It's not good. Why is she right. there at all? And also, why is she in the book of Boba Fett? Because if you never saw Mandalorian or you never saw Clone <laughs> Wars or you never saw Rebels or you never read a comic book, you don't know who the fuck she is. <laughs> Makes no sense. It's I'm with yeah. you though. Like, she doesn't need to be there, like thematically, and also just like she does doesn't need to be there. Yeah, I just it seemed like a gimme, like they were just putting characters in to just happen. It's a, it's a Dave Filoni. This is the episode directed by Dave Filoni. So he wanted his... he threw the characters that he created into the story, which is great. I think he did a great job with Cad Bane. He put Cad Bane in the story and made Cad For a Bane purpose. exactly. Yeah. Cad Bane was fulfilled exactly the purpose that Cad Bane would have fulfilled. Ahsoka did not. Ahsoka and Luke de deserve a whole episode of them working their family shit out, you know? When she said, I'm an old friend of the family, uh, my eyes filled with tears. 
because of who she is and because of that line, I was so much more upset when I saw Luke teaching Grogu the same way, the same incredibly toxic way. Let's talk about the choice at the end. I'm going to go on a rant and then everyone provide feedback. That's how about that? How about that's a new uh, segment of the show? Isn't that the whole show? Uh, Thank you, (laughs) (laughs) Lorelai. The choice at the end between the Mando Mithril armor and Yoda's lightsaber, which is another incredibly gaslighty, toxic choice. Anyway, I've seen a lot of tweets. uh, You know, only the Sith deal in absolutes in response to this, to the choice that Luke forces Grogu into at the end of this episode. Only the Sith deal in absolutes, Obi-Wan says at the end of Revenge of the Sith. That line is the hypocrisy of the Jedi all rolled into a single line. The Jedi exists as this extremely, the Jedi of the prequel era exists as this extremely binary force. Good, evil, light side, dark side, all these things. When Obi-Wan says only a Sith deals in absolutes, it shows the hypocrisy of the Jedi and the indoctrination of Obi-Wan, the full indoctrination. And I think that's very powerful and something that I hope, again, in substantive storytelling that they address in the Obi-Wan show. Because Obi-Wan has to get from A to B, and I know what B is. I know that B is him taking on Darth Maul in the desert and two swings, he kills him. So he's got to get from A to B, he's got to deal with his trauma, and he's got to understand that only the Sith deal in absolutes is hypocrisy. Again, it's Luke having not learned that lesson, but he's starting this Jedi school. And I just can't believe, I can't believe that that is the way that they wrote this story and that that is the position that they're having Luke put Grogu in at this point in Star Wars. What did you all think of that scene? Lorelai, what'd you think? Yeah, I mean, I think it just was a continuation of the sucking. (laughs) I mean, it just like... (laughs) You know, a continuation I mean, of the sucking. I think it is a criticism, like, it's a criticism of the institution. The Jedis are training child warriors. I think instead of, you know, instead of, like, it's so similar to how do we do a lot of this, but instead of critiquing the individual, you have to critique the system. Yeah. And, like, Luke is a product of a system that sucks and an institution that sucks, and they should just be rid of the whole thing, but they can't because then you couldn't make TV about it. But... Like, we know the school is going to fail. This is just showing why he why he fails. And it's because he's making someone who could potentially be a really important ally. He's forcing Grogu to make this shitty decision Mm -hmm. instead of, like, coming to people where they are and, like, understanding this is a child that has an attachment to another, like, being I'm just going to make them be what I need him to be for my own purposes. So the whole thing's all evil and sucky and I don't like it, basically, is how I feel. The High Republic does this shit so much better. What did you what did you think, Royce? Yeah, like we said, Luke is being kind of like a cult leader. It's Grogu's very young. He's not very old, but like he's the master in the apprentice dynamic there. It's a little concerning. But I also kind of like understand as a teacher myself You want your students to pay attention and get something worthwhile out of your teaching. And there's many moments in the episode where Luke is frustrated with the way class is going. He's like, he's not paying attention and he's kind of talented, but like, (laughs) it's not because of the things that I'm teaching him. He's just like remembering stuff he already knows. And he's the first student he's had. So Luke has probably high hopes that he's like, I'm going to train this Jedi. I'm going to train another Jedi. He's so green in the teaching space. And I can kind of relate to that. I tell my students all the time, if if you don't want to learn what we're learning about in class, go take another class because somebody else wants to be here. So I take it seriously as a teaching professional. It makes sense that Luke wants Grogu to care because he was already in the system and he's already a Jedi. And Luke's like, we're both Jedi. Like we have this connection, man. Like let's, let's go. And Grogu's like, got his mind in other places. So that I see why that's frustrating to Luke. But yeah, he should have Grogu's best interests in mind. That's the whole system thing that Luke's not working outside of the, you can't have attachments, which is a whole different discussion that we have to save for another day, I think. So yeah, yeah, it's questionable, but I kind of see where Luke's coming from. It totally works for the character for me. It's just awkward to watch. Right, Robin? 
I think it's just weird. It feels very like I kidnapped this little kid from his family and now I want him to completely forget about his family. And Which is like, what the Jedi do. That's like all they do, right? Oh, right. Like Brian, you're going to love this episode. And then he's like, yeah. do you choose your family or the military? And he's like... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I hope he takes both and then I hope he stabs Luke with his tiny little Yoda lightsaber and goes back to Mando. <laughs> Luke wants Grogu to reach his potential. So there's more to it that we're not diving into right now. I don't think he has bad intentions for Grogu. He just doesn't want him to be distracted from reaching his potential, which is to be a powerful Jedi like Master Yoda, the guy that trained him. So Luke's talking about attachments and he's it's kind of like, a little bit, uh, what's the word for it? Contradictory. But yeah, that's what he probably sees when he looks at Grogu. He's like, you could be the most powerful Jedi and you're going to live long after me. So it is important as fuck for Luke to train Grogu and he might lose him to a guy that fucking also kidnaps people for a living. So, you know, let's fucking roll the contradictory dice here. <laughs> All right? Okay. Let's roll it. There's a difference. There's a big difference here that they will have to get into uh, differently. I, I think the, the, the main takeaway here is there's like a healthy way for Luke to train Grogu and an unhealthy way for Luke to train Grogu. And Luke is existing in this very systemically toxic society that the Jedi have become and, and made and that Luke deals with later before the events of The Last Jedi, before and during the events of The Last Jedi. It just doesn't make sense right now. It would be so much more to accept the storytelling, for, for me personally, to accept the storytelling and to feel more connected with the storytelling and to, to feel much more emotion when we learn that Luke falls if I knew that now Luke was taking a healthy approach to the teachings of the Jedi, we know that he's met High Republic era Jedi. I know that he's met High Republic Jedi. I know that he's interacted with Ahsoka now. I know what Ahsoka has gone through. If Luke started this school to train a new era of Jedi in a more healthy way, when he falls, it will have much more of an impact on me. It still has an impact on me right now, but it would have more if I knew that it was. It would just be more powerful. So this is obviously a hot button issue that deserves more fleshed out arguments and thought and comments and ats and Ooh. other social media things. So we would <laughs> love to hear what you think about Luke forcing Grogu into the cult of Jedi. And if you also have thoughts about Boba Fett season finale, we'd also love to hear that too. Tweet us at Krypton Alderaan. Follow us on Instagram, Krypton to Alderaan. Or if you're listening on any podcast apps, leave us a review. If you're on YouTube, leave us a comment. Or if you're old school, you could pew, pew, pew us an email. Krypton to Alderaan at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to the show, and we'll talk to you on the next episode. I've been Royce. I've been Robin. I've been Lorelai. And I've been Garcia Whip. Oh. And we've been 